Hey guys, welcome to Death Matters with Felicia, conversations related to death and dying. I wanted to start this podcast for a very long time, and it wasn't until just recently, obviously, it's my first episode, that I felt brave enough to do it. Death and dying is so important to me, and frankly, None of us are getting out of this life alive, so it should be important to you too. In this podcast, we'll talk about different cultures. We'll talk about how to start the conversation with your family, whether you're the person with the terminal illness or you're a loved one that's concerned about your family member's wishes, um, what a good death is, and the documentation, your options, just all things related to death and dying. But today's episode is very special to me. So like I said, my name is Felicia. I am a hospice nurse by trade. I just finished my master's degree in nursing. And I've had this pull to start this podcast for a very long time. So to get things started, I thought I would share my experiences, both personally and professionally, when it comes to death. So my first experience with death was in 2009. I was a new graduate CNA. If you don't know what CNA is, it's Certified Nursing Assistant. And I was training, I was working with a, a seasoned CNA. So I had been a CNA for a little bit, but I was still learning the ropes. So she came to me and there was a group of new CNAs working that evening. And she said, have you ever provided postmortem care to a patient? And I said, no, I hadn't. So we got the group and went in and provided postmortem care. We bathed the body. We put new undergarments on them, a brief. Uh, and a new hospital gown so that he was presentable for his family and ready to be picked up by the fun funeral home. That was my first experience. And boy, was it scary for me because I had never seen a dead person before. And a lot of people don't ever experience that in their lifetime. And I know children are very much so sheltered from the death conversation. So, in addition to that, I want to tell you about my mom's story. So, my mom, for some reason, loved talking about what will happen to her body, who she wants what to go to who, that she did not want to be resuscitated, just anything and everything revolving around her death. And I thought it was so weird. Like, why are you obsessed with your death? Like, who does that? So, it was spring break of 2017, and I was in my second year of nursing school, and I was sick with the flu. 
I had just left an abusive relationship and moved in with my mom and was sleeping on an air mattress in her living room. And while I was miserably sick, my mom, which was not uncommon for her, spent a lot of time in her room. She would come out for snacks, to make a drink, take her dog out, things like that. My mom was an alcoholic. And she didn't like doctors. She didn't want to go to the hospital for anything. She was morbidly obese. And her biggest fear was if she went to the doctor for something, the first thing that they would tell her is, well, if you'd lose some weight... It, you might get better. Like, it, your your life would be better. And so she, she already knew that. Like, most people who are overweight know that some of their health conditions could be related to that. But I digress. Anyway. So, this particular day, she had come out of her room to get something to eat. And... She was coughing and seemed short of breath. And I asked her, are you, are you okay? Do, you, do we need to take you to convenient care? Do you need to go to the hospital? Like, what's going on? And she said, oh, no, you know, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just a little short of breath. And it's no big deal. But I, I feel fine. I may just be getting what you, you've got, which I was got. I hope you don't have the flu because it's miserable. So she got what she needed and she went back in, the, in her room. And like I said, it wasn't uncommon for her. She would spend a lot of time in her room. She had a bathroom and her TV, and that was kind of her sanctuary. So the next day, let's see, that was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was finally feeling better, and I, I had thought, you know, I hadn't seen mom. I wonder if she's okay. You know, let me go check on her. So I went and checked on her. And she was laying in bed, staring at the ceiling. She wouldn't respond to me. She wouldn't say boo. She, nothing. She just laid there and stared at the ceiling. And anything I asked her, you know, are you okay? Are you hurting? What's going on? All she would say was no, or she wouldn't respond at all. So worried as I was, I called my dad and I said, hey, I don't know what's going on with mom. She's laying in bed. She, she won't look at me. She's staring at the ceiling. I don't know what's going on. She wouldn't let me take her blood pressure. I did ask, ask her if I could take her blood pressure, and she said no. So, Dad called the ambulance service and told them, you know, told them the situation, but that my mom didn't want to go to any hospitals. What can we do? So, they said, you know, they could come out there and check on her. And if she couldn't answer some simple questions that she would have to go to the hospital. Like that was, that's the deal. Well, I didn't know, of course, until I've been in this field a little longer, that those questions were a mini mental assessment. So what's your name? What year are we in? Who's the president? Where are you at? Things of that nature. And she couldn't answer any of them. I think eventually she answered John F. Kennedy and was able to say Carrie, which was her first name, but she wasn't able to answer anything else. So they drove her to the hospital. Once we got to the hospital, she 
was yellow. She was jaundice. And if you don't know, like I said, jaundice is yellow. Um, but her organs were shutting down. So the doctor came in and told me that she was a multi-organ failure and they had put a catheter in and she had a horrible UTI, which has caused her to go septic. And once they were able to stabilize her blood pressure because she was hypotensive or her blood pressure was very low, they would have to transfer her to a different hospital because they didn't have a kidney or liver specialist. The last thing that my mom ever said to me was, are you the medical technician? And I said, no, mom, I'm your daughter, but I am in nursing school, so it's okay. <laughs> Once her blood pressure was stabilized, we brought her to our big university hospital and she was in ICU. They put a central line in her right groin and if you're not familiar with what a central line is it is just a safer way to well it's an easier way it, there can be complications like with anything but to get give her medication and fluids and things like that so that was probably the most traumatic experience out of all of this because she screamed she did not like having a central line put in. So they finally got that in and they got her comfortable and I stayed up there with her all night and probably, I would probably say six-ish, she started uh, flipping rhythms is what they call it. So she would go into different heart rhythms. She would go into a regular rhythm and then she would go into a potentially fatal rhythm. And the nurse said, I know you're in nursing school, but if we have to grab the crash cart, you, you know you're going to have to get out of here. And I said, yeah, I know. So a few minutes later, I don't know if you've ever experienced, like tell me if you've ever experienced this. Somebody tells you something and you agree or you're like, yeah, I know, whatever, like and then it clicks and you have this moment of, oh my God, I know what they're saying. Like, whoa, wait a minute, you know? And so that happened to me. Like crash cart, like, whoa, wait a minute. Nope, no crash cart. So I told the nurse, I said, there won't be any crash carts. My mom is a DNR. Now mind you, my mom was 46 when this happened and he looked at me like I was crazy. Like I was trying to kill my mom. And I told him, I said, my mom has always told me that she wanted to be a DNR and do not resuscitate. I don't have the paperwork, but I know that's what she wanted. And so after that, I had to tell every Tom, Dick, and Harry really the residents and the doctors, all of them that came in, wanted to know why I was telling the nurse that my mom was a DNR. Now, if I had it on paper, it would have been easy. I just show them the paper. 
this is what my mom wants. But because I didn't have the paperwork, I had to explain over and over and over again why my mom was a DNR. So we made it through that night and the next morning, the kidney specialist came in and said, these are your options. Tell me what you think about these options. Your options are, we can perform dialysis and your mom could potentially live 48 hours or we cannot do dialysis and she may live for 24. At that point, my world came crashing down because I was furious. I mean, all the range of emotions, but I was furious because that doctor felt like those were options. So I told him, and it didn't take but a second for me to say these words. I said, we will not be doing dialysis, and I want to speak to the palliative care team. Now, if you don't know what palliative care is, it's comfort care, plain and simple. Where the confusion happens is you've got hospice care and you've got palliative care. Where hospice care is palliative care, palliative care is not hospice. Now let me explain. Palliative care, you can elect at the start of a chronic or terminal, terminal illness. Heart failure, for example. The minute you're diagnosed with heart failure, could get on palliative care. Cancer patients, you still want chemo? You can get on palliative care. Have your symptoms managed, but continue to receive that curative chemo or radiation that you need. However, on hospice care, the expectation or the criteria is you have a terminal illness with approximately six months or less to live and you're foregoing curative treatment. That's the difference. Hospice, six months or less, no curative treatment, palliative care, the length of the disease process, and curative treatment. So back to my mom's story. Once I spoke to the palliative care team, we got her signed up and we were giving her, or the nurse was, I wasn't of course, um, Ativan and morphine every 15 minutes. Now you might be thinking, oh my God, Felicia, how could you do that every 15 minutes? Are you, did you not like, didn't that kill your mom? No. The fact that she was in multi-organ failure and her body was already shutting down is what killed her. What I did by introducing or being okay with introducing morphine and Ativan was keep her comfortable during that process. Anytime that she moaned or winced or showed any signs or symptoms of pain, that nurse was there giving her the medication to keep her comfortable. There's a huge myth that you start giving your loved one morphine or Ativan during the final stages 
of life and that's what kills them and it's not it's the disease process which is another reason why I started this podcast it's important for people to be informed about their options that there's better options than living 48 or 24 hours with dialysis Now, I understand that the doctor had to give me those options because they were options. But what really got me thinking was if I didn't already know about hospice and palliative care and those were the only two options that I were given, because they were, I brought up as my mother's advocate palliative care. But if you're new to the show or you're new to these modalities, you wouldn't know to say, hey, neither of these work for me. I want something to keep myself or my loved one, my dad, my mom, my sister, whoever comfortable. So that's another goal of this podcast is to educate you as a healthcare consumer, but also providers on how to bring these up, these other options, the full spectrum of options to their patients without it being taboo. So that was my mom's story. And so she passed away at 46 and I was her biggest advocate like she was for me all my growing up life. So if you found this podcast interesting and you want to learn more or you want to see who we have in store, then stick around. And thank you so much for listening.